But what I notice is people that do a flat bench press in particular, that seems to be the one that causes the most injuries. It doesn't match your na natural body's biomechanics. Like Mark rightly said, it seems to be the most prolific chest-tearing, chest-injuring exercise you can do. Hello carnivores and welcome to session number 18. This week we have a treat, a sweeter sucralose. <laughs> a push day special. We'll be discussing why we do not, I repeat, do not recommend the barbell bench press for muscular hypertrophy. We'll also explain our favourite chest, tricep and shoulder exercises. Now before we kick things off, our podcast review of the week is from Zbigniew Wozniak. Very practical and reasonable views, gents. Thanks again for going against the mainstream. We appreciate that, um, Zbigniew. You know, we do it works, not what's trendy. Thanks for all your ratings and reviews. It's very simple to do if you haven't yet done it already. So if you're on Spotify, for example, simply scroll down on the app to where it says Q&A, and there you can leave your review there. So the review Zbigniew left was in response to session number 16, which was our leg day special. So soon, Mark and Colt will be releasing a pool day special, so make sure you're subscribed to podcasts and you'll be set with our training styles on all muscle groups. Now on that note, I have to sadly announce that I'll no longer be participating in the Carnival Coaches Corner, so you'll be solely left with Mark and Colt to um, hold the reins and sit in the saddle, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're in good hands. Uh, between them, they've got some really positive ideas and great knowledge about training and nutrition, specifically when it comes to the carnivore diet. So I wish everyone well in advance. Um, please feel free to hit me up online. Check out my Instagram, my YouTube, and you'll see me on there. Um, I'm sure from time to time anyway. So brilliant. Anyway, really appreciate you guys taking a couple of seconds to do the reviews, which I just mentioned earlier. They significantly help to spread the positive message, making this the number one nutrition podcast. As it stands right now, I believe we are the 108th top nutrition or food podcast in the USA. Considering it's just three guys from different places in the globe starting up, it's not too bad. So I appreciate your um, your help along the way. So brilliant. So Coach Colt, let's start with you, mate. What do you think of barbell bench presses? Absolutely. Well, first of all, bro, gonna miss you more than you know. This show would not exist without you. And we owe, Mark and I both owe so much of not just our training, but of this content to you, man. This is this is where it all started. And so I just want to say you're going to be you're going to be very, very sorely missed. But um, I know you got some, some other responsibilities to take care of. And so um, totally respect where your where your priorities are at, brother. Um, but yeah, um, everybody listening, go follow, go follow Jonathan on, on everything on his Instagram, on his, um, on his, on his YouTube. If you haven't booked a consultation with this guy, that'll probably be the best money that you ever spend. <laughs> um, I've been referring people that are coming to me for consultations to go to him just to get a different perspective. Um, a lot of the things that, that I say and the answers that I give, I learned them from Jonathan. So, um, go check him out and support everything he's doing. Okay, guys. Um, uh, but yeah. Getting to the topic, barbell bench presses, uh, not a fan. Used to be a fan. Of course, we all are, right? It's Monday. You're like, oh, it's time to go to the gym. It's push day, right? It's International Chest Day. What am I going to do? Bench press. You can't get a bench press when you go to the gym on a Monday. <laughs> and so if I could say in one word why I'm not a huge fan of this particular move, especially for chest, is because of joints. I, I just... I think it's great for building explosive power. I think it's great for athletics. 
Um, if we're talking hypertrophy, which is what most of our listeners are after and what, and which is what all of us specialize in more so than strength, then, um, you're, you're, be you're better off with a handful of ex of other exercises. And so I'm going to pick one to start with actually. Um, and the, and the other reason that I'm not a fan of it, besides it just being a, a, a big load, um, you know, my, my whole goal as an athlete and as a coach is always to take the least amount of, of weight and get the best bang for my buck off of it and make that weight go as far as I can do as much of what I can do as much damage with that weight as I can. Um, I'm not the guy that's lifting the most weight in the gym, but I'm the guy that, uh, kind of looks like I can. <laughs> so, um, I'm the guy, I'm the guy that people ask to help move a couch, but I would rather, I would rather flex than move the couch. <laughs> I can give you a motivational talk as to how you could move the couch and do it more effectively, more safely. Anyway, um, on the and then the other thing is, um, you you can't end on a negative. All of our favorite exercises here, we always we always try all things being equal to uh, choose exercises within your within your workout plan to end on a negative on an eccentric that is not on a contraction. The reason is if you end on a contraction, you can still lower the weight even if you can't push it up for another rep. So that last rep should typically be about 10 to 15 seconds, and then you know you've gone to complete failure. Okay, so my favorite chest exercise is dumbbell low incline presses. Not an incline press, but it's about midway between a flat press and an incline press that's all the way up. An incline press that's all the way up, like the actual barbell incline press, that angle, that's going to put most of the load on your front delts typically and not your chest. So um, I would argue that it's a halfway decent front deltoid exercise. But if we're trying to target the upper pecs um, for aesthetics, that's what most of us, especially as male athletes, are lacking is upper pecs more so than lower pecs. And so to get that broad uh, V-taper look, that classic golden era look. Um, I'm of the belief that your chest should always be bigger than your than your than your waist anyway, regardless of whether or not you're an athlete. Um, I think that's a very achievable goal for anybody aesthetics wise. But to work that upper chest, um, it's not the it's 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 the notch that's right above flat on a um, on an adjustable incline bench. So that's your money zone there. Um, an advanced technique that I like to use on it is to alternate back and forth. So I'll do like eight reps on one arm, eight reps on my on, on my strong arm. Um, I'll go back and forth. And then when I can't do any more, I can usually squeeze out three or four more reps bilateral if I use both arms together. So I'll push past failure that way. Um, shooting for about eight to 12 reps. And then my last rep, I lower it as, as slowly as possible here again. Uh, favorite triceps exercise. This one might throw both of you guys for a loop. So I'm kind of curious as to what your opinion is on this one. Um, but it's a, but it's a supinated French press with an easy curl bar. <laughs> Here's why I like it because it works because the, um, the reverse grip, a supinated grip is going to work the lateral head of the triceps. Um, you're all, it's, it's basically the opposite direction that you just did. If you were doing a low incline dumbbell press. So your hands are facing the opposite direction. You can put your hand out in front of you right now and rotate your arm. You'll see, you'll, you'll see that your um, lateral head of your triceps is what's doing most of the work as well as your long head. So you get that by stretching it over your head. 
Um, we have a demo for this on our YouTube channel. It's, um, I want to say it's two or three videos ago. We published it last week. Skull Bells TV is the name of our YouTube channel. So you're going to grab the curl bar like, like you're going to curl it. It goes up over your head and then it goes behind your head and you're, and you're going to want to um, explode upward for about one second and then lower it down for three seconds. I, I usually go for about 12 to 16 reps on that one. Um, it is pretty tough on the, on the forearms. It is an advanced exercise, but if we're going to try to hit, try, try to work the triceps from every single angle, if you're just coming off of, um, of a dumbbell low incline press, then that one seems to fill in all the gaps. Um, the last exercise is a, excuse me, favorite shoulder exercise is single arm side laterals. No shoulder workout is complete without some sort of a side lateral variation. And that could be that could be with cables. That could be with the machine where it's like you're it's it's like you're flying like a chicken, <laughs> where you're where you where you're pushing the arms out to the sides. That's that side lateral machine. Um, like I said, cables, dumbbells. I actually like to use weight plates typically with 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 side laterals because I can cross over at the bottom and get a little bit more range of motion. Um, when I use one dumbbell at a time, though. That's when this this was this is Robert Sykes actually that showed me this one and so I'm totally stealing this one from him. But if you're using one arm at a time, it's the same thing as a normal dumbbell side lateral. It takes a lot of pressure off my lower back, and so that's been helping me out a lot lately. And I can get a better mind muscle connection by uh, using my non-working arm to touch my side deltoid. The side deltoid is a very very difficult muscle to isolate. It takes a very very deep uh, mind muscle connection to be able to be able to work it. And so having my other arm um, on the, especially on the lower end of it, helps me, helps me to connect my brain to my side delts and make sure that I'm not using traps. So yeah, that's a, that's a push workout in a, in a, nut, in a nutshell for me, three main exercises that I typically do. And that's in a lot of our clients' plans. Coach Mark, what about you, man? How about uh, bench press? Is that something that you do or not? I'm, guess, I'm guessing no. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll just follow up on what you said, Cold. I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, pretty much the same reason. I, I'm not a fan because it puts an awful lot of strain on your cuff. Um, I would rather my rotator cuff be healthy, to be honest. Um, and we see an awful lot of pectoral tears from when, when we see an awful lot of people doing bench press. And also, I wanted to follow up on what you say about safety um, and taking it to complete failure. We can't, we can't fail on a bench press. It's impossible unless you've got a spar behind you. Right. And even then, very, very tough for that spar to push that bar up for you. So for me, I've always been a fan of machines and cables. Um, I used to be a fan of dumbbells, but I found that with dumbbells, it's a pain in the arse picking them off the floor. And let's say you're trying to do a few sets with it. Um, whereas with a machine, you don't need to do anything. You just need to in, uh, increase the plates and decrease the plates and then get yourself in position. And it's a lot safer and you can actually take the muscle to complete failure. Whereas on dumbbells, you can't do that either. Uh, with dumbbells, you, you probably can, but it's going to be a lot safer on a machine. Um, so that's why I always favor and I always plan when I'm doing like um, when I'm designing plans for uh, clients. I, I'd say about 95 to 98 percent of my clients don't do any compound lifts at all when it comes to chest we don't do any dumbbells we don't do any barbells it's all it's all pretty much stationary so they'll be all on, on machines 
Then when it comes to upper chest development and the shoulders, um, this is where I'll get people to do incline movements. So I don't primarily get anybody to do like a standard shoulder press movement, like a barbell over your head or a, a seated shoulder press. I'll probably get someone to do an incline. So that's where they're hitting their front, their front deltoids. Um, so I'll usually do this on a Smith machine. I, I like, I think it's, it's, it actually feels very, very good on a Smith machine. Again, if I'm using dumbbells, again, it's going to be a pain in the arse getting them off the ground. Um, I could probably lift a lot heavier as well if I had someone to lift them up for me. Whereas when you're lifting them up yourself, it's, it's quite of a struggle. Whereas if you're on a, a, a Smith press, you can just rack the bar, put your plates on and you, there, there you go. And it's and also you can control that negative on a Smith machine. Also, you can rack it on when you're finished. Um, and then when it comes to like a shoulder exercise, I would be like yourself, Colt, I would be a more, I'd be a bigger fan on isolation movements instead of compound movements, mm -hmm. because when you're doing like pressing movements, like an incline, again, you're, you're hitting an awful lot of shoulder. So I think once, once, like the way I, why, the way I do it is if, I, if I'm going to push session, I'll always make sure that if I'm doing like an incline, I'll make sure I'll just adjust the bench up to say a 90 degree angle, a really, really high 90 degree angle. And I'll bring the bar straight down to my chest. I'll never bring the bar behind, behind my neck. I think you're putting a lot of strain on your rotator cuff by doing that. Um, and then once I've, once I've finished those movements, then as I said, I'll focus more on laterals. So I'm a big fan when it comes to, uh, again, cables. The reason why I'd use the cables is because when we when we lower the weight, the cables actually gonna bring it down a lot faster for you. And I, yeah, you can actually control. You can actually control that. You can lift the weight. You can control the weight with dumbbells. You can't. When you bring the dumbbell up, gravity's gonna push that weight straight back down. So if you can imagine you're lifting the weight up, you can imagine that if you have a heavy dumbbell, the gravity of that dumbbell is gonna is gonna lower down very quickly. Whereas if you're on a cable machine, you can actually control both areas of the muscle. Um, and then when it comes to triceps, if I'm doing a push session, I've done a, I've done a lot of pushing movements. So I find that when I'm doing a push session, my triceps have been overworked. So I've done, I've, I've done like say a push, I've done like a chest press, I've done a, a, probably a movement from my shoulders, and then I'll probably do an, a dip from my tricep. So that means there's three movements there that my triceps are after getting hammered, hammered. So I don't, I don't find the benefits in going back in and doing, like I say, a push down or another, another movement for the triceps. So what I'll do now is I'll work on the long heads. So I'll do an extension. So and like you, I'll do a single arm. I find when I do single arms, you're going to grow a lot faster because if you're, if you're using both arms, you're probably going to push the weight a lot harder with your strong arm than you are with your, with your bad arm. So I find that when you use, when you use the muscles unilateral, they actually grow a lot faster. Yeah, nice one, Mark. Um, I appreciate you guys sharing that. It seems to be there's some commonalities amongst what we're saying. Um, you know, hit the, the chest movement hard, that's going to be a strong primary mover. Hit the, the shoulder movement with something a bit more isolation, kind of wise. The tricep, just find something safe that kind of works. That seems to be what I'm kind of thinking as well. Um, so to go through some obvious things about the bench press. So the first question, you know, why we don't bench press like Mark rightly said, it seems to be the most prolific, prolific uh, chest tearing, chest injuring exercise you can do. Um, at least in my kind of experience. Um, what I notice is people that do a flat bench press in particular, that seems to be the one that causes the most injuries. Just because the way that the muscle moves, it doesn't match our nat natural body's biomechanics. Um, 
So a way to make that movement more safe, if you wanted to do a bench press with a barbell, is you might do a decline or an incline. Just be careful not to push either end of the extreme too far. And also make sure your, your width of grip is appropriate. So you're not trying to go super wide or super narrow because that will, um, in most cases, take away from the chest. The answer for most exercises, I think, with the exception of like maybe rear delts, we're trying to train that for a, a row movement, is to do a movement where you're using a medium sort of stance or a medium grip, I think. Um, now to get to my top three. So, okay, if I... If I was designed a chest, shoulder and tricep workout with only three movements, mine would be a converging chest press machine. So I kind of base this upon some of the principles you guys have said. So what a lot of gyms would probably have, what is safe and what allows you to load the movement effectively while still getting as close to maximum range of motion as you can possibly get. Um, so for a, a converging chest press, chances are you're going to get the majority of the range of motion of the chest, except maybe in the circumstance you're not doing like a pec fly where your your um, your hand will be above your head and you know it'll be near enough behind you sort of thing. But that's pretty dangerous exercise to do with a lot of weight. So we're looking at that kind of mid range for the most part. I think a converging chest press machine will serve that well. So that's a chest press where your your hands um, will go inwards as you press in that movement. So it could be a decline or it could be an incline. Um, just go by what you prefer as three guys trying to build up you know upper, upper chest shelf like a lot of people you might just prefer an incline and that doesn't have to be you know a very high incline it can just be a low incline like colt said um you just got to find an angle that works for you and your own body's biomechanics will be individual to you as well now for a shoulder exercise i'd probably choose a side raise machine um at least if your gym has it failing that your gym probably will have a cable so a set of I prefer narrow cables, so a dual pulley system, I guess. Now you'd have them on the bottom, you do what I'd consider or call a cable crucifix raise. So it's a bit different to a side raise in that the ha your hands will go in front of you and as you lift them up, they'll kind of go outside like a crucifix. Imagine like, you know, God forbid Jesus on the cross or something. So that's kind of your end point. So you are effectively bringing your hand above your shoulder. But when your thumb is pointing up, that's a much less dangerous exercise than if you were to do that whilst that thumb was pointing down, the little finger was pointing upwards. And I think that's a good way to target all three heads of the shoulders for a full range of motion. Of course, you've got the element of the cable in there. Um, now for my tricep size, again, emphasizing the safety, something you can load the muscles efficiently, something which gets the muscle really short. Um, of course, if you have a weak, longer head of the triceps, you're going to put, put a, pick a overhead extension of some kind. But for this, for the bulk of the triceps, I'd probably say you're going to do a bench dip or a, a tricep dip machine of some kind. That seems to have some good carryover for like the front delt as well. So if I was designed to work out, you know, Cheshire's triceps, three exercises would be converging chest press machine, machine dip, and a side raise machine or a cable crucifix raise. Um, and I just wanted to touch on Colt's point about the supinated bench press. Um, so he explained that exercise very well, and it's quite an old school kind of exercise. It's not something you see very often. You know, it's not in many people's plans, at least like in modern day bodybuilders that I can tell. Um, the only issue of that exercise I have is that, like Colt kind of, no, not sorry, no, sorry, Mark kind of mentioned, um, as you're holding that weight, it can strain your forearms a little bit. I think Colt might mention that as well, actually. Um, now that means that there's an added element of stability and wrist kind of 
like thought process towards the movement, which means that you'll have a harder time progressively overloading that movement. So in this kind of case, it's kind of like thinking, okay, I'm going to put maybe 20 kilos or I don't know, 45 pounds in the bar. You're going to do a reverse, sorry, a supinated French press. There'll be a point where your grip will give up and you won't be able to progress that weight anymore. Now, if you've got a pronated grip on the French press, you'll be able to continue with that same weight and exceed that weight as the weeks and months go on, as you become stronger. So your rate limiting factor in terms of the weight you can lift is no longer going to be the the grip strength, the forearms, things like that. Um, now, I've looked at some EMG data, whilst it is limited, limit, limited, sorry, I've noticed that the supination versus pronation doesn't actually make a difference um, in terms of the activation of the tricep heads. So if you think of your wrist turning inwards or outwards, yes, it will make a difference to your bicep. So a fully contracted bicep, for example, will be um, fully supinated. But what's true about the triceps is you're going to get the most bang for your buck doing it pronated. Um, so you'll be stronger as well. So it's going to activate more muscle fibers. So that's kind of my two cents about the supinated French press. I just, although I think it is useful as like an exercise to do, I just look at exercise in the point that if you can go from A to B and progressively get stronger with the lowest risk of injury or the most, I don't know, have the most ease, you're going to struggle to do that with a, a limited weight that you will inevitably have by defaulting to a supinated French press. But that's pretty much my two cents anyway. Um, I guess we we can all sort of cover our our own sort of chest, shoulder, tricep workouts, maybe the last one we've done recently. So how about you, Colt? How have you managed to do recently? Absolutely. So I actually switched from a push work, a push pull leg split to a uh, chest and back, shoulders and arms leg split, just to change things up. And here again, uh, piggybacking off of the supinated French press. We should title we should title the episode that supinated French press. No, I'm just kidding. But the the re the reason that uh, the reason the reason that I chose that exercise is because it's an advanced move. A lot of people haven't tried. Um, for the first time that I did that one, my triceps were shot, absolutely, absolutely fried. Like what the heck just happened? So that was my experience. That's been most of the experience of the, of whoever has been trying this exercise for the first time too, because we pretty much invented it. <laughs> um, if it is too hard on your forearms, yeah. Um, use cables. You, you use um, not a not a single cable, but I would recommend a uh, cable crossover machine with low pulleys, and you can hit the same move that way. Um, I've done it that way before too. It's ten times easier on the wrist if you have that if you if you have that issue. Um, in terms of my last push day, that was on the end of my last program, which was the 9th of August, and it was. Yeah, three sets of, uh, of, of unilateral side laterals. Looks like we're all a fan of that exercise. Um, master press uh, seated behind the neck presses with chains. So this is this is um, going to, to Jonathan's favorite, your favorite chest exercise, bro. Converging chest press, presses. That was the one that I did right after that. Um, that's what it is. So it's a machine that's a converging machine. And I totally agree with where you're coming from on it. I love it because you can lock out your arms. You can lock out your pecs. And you don't lose nothing. You still you still have all of your muscle tension. So, same thing when you're doing behind the neck presses. Uh, behind the neck presses with a with a barbell, very very dangerous dangerous exercise. So having this machine at home, I like to use a con converging press for behind the neck presses and for guillotine presses. If you don't know what those are, it's basically 
um, an advanced variation of an incline press where the where where your arms are a bit higher. So you get more front delt and you get more of the like right right by your collarbone and kind of uh, um, underneath your neck area. So that was my only chest exercise. Um, supersetted that with uh, seated bent over laterals. Most people hit the rear delts on seem to like to hit the rear delts on back day. I don't know. Some people like to throw them in on shoulder day. For me, it's such an important muscle group. I always hit it every upper body day. I don't care what I'm doing. If it's a pull day, we're hitting rear deltoids. If we're if it's a push day, we're supersetting it in with some sort of a pressing exercise typically. After that, skull crushers. Here again with, re, with, with a reverse grip. I like that supinated grip because it just... Um, Jonathan, I want you to elaborate a little bit, a little bit more, um, after, after, after Mark, after Mark and I are done, but, um, but that, but that wrist position, I love it. I really, really do. I, I, I feel, I feel it more in my lateral head and my triceps. Um, I'm not aware of, of, of the science that, um, that disproves that I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It probably does. This is just anecdotal evidence. And so this is what's been working for me and why I like it. Um, the decline angle that helps me to, I, I just, I just get more power in it. Nothing, nothing special there. And then banded behind the neck presses for one set. Um, so that's about 20 working sets for that entire, for that entire workout. Mark, what about you, pal? What did your last, your most recent push workout look like? Moment of truth. Do we, okay. do we, pra do okay. we practice Point. when we preach here? We're about to find out. <laughs> Okay, so I did my push session yesterday, and I only did seven working sets. Beautiful. That's all. I was in and out of the gym within 40 minutes. Um, I got everything done. Um, there, now, people might say that, like, how is that, how is that possible? So how I do it is, I'll try and explain this as quick as I can. So when I go into the gym, what I do is I, 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 do an act, I do an activation workout first or an activation set first of all. So let's say if I'm, I'm doing a push session and it's fo I'm focusing mainly on the chest. So I have two days. I have a chest focus day and I have a shoulder focus day. So yesterday was a chest focus day. So yet, yesterday I focused on doing two, just two, two warm-ups on a pec fly on a machine, just get, get some blood into the area. And then I went straight onto a press machine. Now, when I went onto a press machine, this is my main mover. So this is where I'll do the majority of my warm-ups. So I'll do maybe three feeder sets. Maybe what I do is I'll do about probably eight. Then I'll do a little bit heavier. I'll go into an eight intermediate set. Then I'll do maybe four to six. And then my last set, then I'm just doing one, just one rep, just get a feel of the way. And then I'm ready to rock and roll. That's when I'll do my main set. After that, then my, my chest is warm. I don't need to warm that chest anymore. So I'll go straight into an incline movement. So next, the next movement was with Smith Machine. All I'm doing here is just one or two reps. That's all I'm doing. One or two reps with, with a heavyish medium weight. I'm just getting a feel of the muscle. I'm making sure it's been activated properly. And then I'm going into my, I'm going into my set. Because the reason why I'm doing this is I want to save my main energy for those, those main sets. So I'm giving those main sets everything I have. I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm failing. I'm lifting as much weight as I possibly can, and that's the only way I know I'm progressing. Um, so that's what I do. And then the last movement, then I'm not even warming up. I'm just going straight into the set. So I'm doing a dip. So I'll probably go in and do a dip. I might do a close grip uh, press for my triceps, or I might do a dip. So yesterday I did a dip. So what I did was I leaned over. I looked at what I, what I did last, put the plates on, and I went straight into my set. There was no risk of any injury because, my, as I said, my triceps were warm, my, my arms were warm, my chest was warm, everything was ready to rock and roll. 
went in, did my set, took it to absolute muscular failure. So there's my three, there's my three presses done. So I worked the tricep, I worked the upper part of the chest, so I hit, hit a little bit of uh, front deltoid, and I also hit the chest. They're all done. After that, then it was it was on to isolations. This is where I speed up the this is where I speed up the exercise. So I done two feeder sets on a lateral raise, a crucifix flex uh, on a crucifix lateral raise. Like Jonathan says, I like to do this on a narrow uh, cable machine. And um, this is where I'll literally I might actually um, add in a high intensity movements. So I might actually add in like um, maybe a, a six by four muscle round, or I might do a rest pause set. This is where I'll take the set to complete and utter failure. So my last set, I always make sure I add an intensity technique when I'm doing the shoulders because it's a, it's a small movement. I feel it doesn't need an awful lot of loads. I think it just needs to be isolated properly. So once I once I fried that and I've literally shocked that muscle to complete failure, then that means then my shoulders are done. Then all I have to do then is just finish off the tricep. So I may incorporate a, a push a, um, a push down movement or I might just go straight into a, an extension movement. Yesterday, I just went straight into the extension. I just done a, a, a unilateral. I done two arms at the same, or sorry, one arm at the one arm um, at a time. Um, at this point now, again, my arms were completely fried. I didn't need to do anything at all. So I just done one feeder set with between five and six reps, and I went straight into, I went straight into my set. So what, so what I did was I done seven working sets in total, but I made sure that every single one of those sets were, ta were taken to complete an utter failure. And I made sure that every exercise that I was on was completely safe. I didn't do any compound exercise because I didn't have any partner to help me out. So once I'm in the gym on my own, I favor always cable machines and machine uh, exercises because of, as I said, I don't want to go into the gym and the last thing I, I don't want to do is get injured. And all I'm doing is every week when I go into the gym, I'm chasing my logbook. So I'm having a look at my logbook and I'm saying, right, okay, this is what I done last week. So this is what I need to do this week. So when I go into that gym, I'm psyched. My earphones are on. I'm, re I'm ready to rock and roll. Put me into that machine and I'm going to try and eat, either increase the weight or I'm going to try and get one or two more reps. But I always make sure when I'm doing that set, I always make sure I video myself doing that set because we all know we can move away from A to B. And the best, I need to keep myself accountable when I'm in the gym. And the only way I can keep myself accountable in the gym is by videoing myself and then going back over it. And when I go home and say, oh, okay, I lifted up perfectly, perfectly. It's the same technique as last week. So that means if I'm lifting the same weight as I did last week and I'm, I'm lifting the, the weight the same way, that means I know I'm progressing. That means my, I know my body's actually getting bigger. It's getting stronger. But if I'm, if I'm going into the gym and let's say I've done eight reps in the gym last week, and I just go into the gym and I start lifting shitty, shitty form and I get those extra two reps, I'm going to be really fucking angry at myself because I didn't lift the weight properly at all. I just went in and just lifted with my ego. How about you, Jonathan? Yeah, cheers, Mark. That was quite um, interesting, actually. And of course, like most times, I've got contrasting opinions to both of you, but I think it just comes down to the way I train specifically. Maybe like how I select exercise, maybe. Um, I touch you on Colt's point about like the supinated French press. Whilst I could say the science says this and this says that, this is what I find. Ultimately, we're dealing with our own bodies here, so you might find your own anecdote, your own subjective experience kind of override some of that. And after all, what a lot of the science that kind of does come out, at least we know from the past, is 
from bro science. It stems from what people have tried in a gym back when um, Arthur Jones was creating gym equipment and back in the olden days with like, you know, the original weightlifting guys that are carrying blocks of cement. They're working out for themselves. They're literal, literal bro science. Um, so it might come out one day. Oh, yeah, the French press is really good. You know, you just need to find one enough people to say it's good, two enough people to sort of keep doing it and free a lack of injury. Um, then for a study where they sort of say, you know, we tried this versus trying that, give it a good, I don't know, three, six-month period, one versus the other. Until it comes out, it's all up in the air. So as much as I always say about science, this, science, that, it's, a lot of it is subjective, guys. Um, I'm actually going to throw some bro science into my little segment here about the the push workout. So my push workout was seven days ago, apparently, and it was a Nautilus chest press. That's a converging chest press. So that was a, a wider grip kind of chest press. Um, now, with everything being said, guys, everything I do, I track my my sets, my reps, my weight, and my time under load. So I actually stopwatch all my sessions, all of my, my workouts. Every time I touch a, gym, a weight in the gym, I time it. Um, now my second exercise, Nautilus chest press again, but I used a neutral grip. So that was um, basically to try and activate more of the inner fibers. Not that I think you can do it, but in a way you can almost reach a more fatigued state by really tucking in those elbows, you know? So think you're hugging a tree. If you're hugging a tree, your arms really wide. Okay, you'll be, get a bit of a tension, but it won't be that much. Now, if you're hugging a tree and your hands are clasped together and your elbows are right together, like in a neutral grip chest press, then that'll activate even more fibers. And it seems to be from the science, like I kind of sometimes talk about is um, your upper chest or your clavicular fibers will be more activated when you're bringing your elbows and hands across the body more. Um, so my third exercise, a dumbbell side raise. Now this is unusual for me. I don't usually do this one, but for me it's more of a warm up um, for what it's worth. Something I could just lift a few weights. Now this wasn't close to failure at all. Um, this is like I said, a warm up just to test out my shoulder mobility, feel my joints. It was literally, literally just to check out what I could do and to get some blood into muscle before I actually load it. Um, this is a unusual thing for me. Now the next exercise was machine side raise. So this was just using one of those, you know, the things you tuck your elbows in, hold onto the, the grip. Um, in this case, I didn't hold onto the grip. I wanted to use more um, my shoulder just in isolation without using a grip at all. Um, I did two sets of that one. Again, timed both sets, check the reps, check the weight. Um, next exercise was a hammer shoulder press. So maybe like a medium grip shoulder press that's converging slightly. Um, next one was a cable push down using a strap so kind of like we see the guys doing in the gym where they've got a cuff on their wrist or their hand so that takes some of the pressure off your your hands to actually lift the weight so it's less thought processed but you can still lift a significant amount of weight um now that was just a straight set the next set was an overhead cable extension so that's kind of what i think it's kind of like a french press but just using a neutral grip rather than um, a supinated grip I find that quite effective, quite self, self safe on the, I don't know, the elbows. Um, with a lot of people, they have to be quite specific with their exercise selection when it comes to tricep movements, just because some people have dodgy elbows. I seem to be one of them, so I have to be a bit more careful than other people. Um, now, my last movement was a, again, using the strap, I was using a cable tricep extension. But this was quite different to push down, so I was actually doing an isometric contraction. So I was getting the weight from say, I don't know, from the top of the stack to about a 90 degree angle in relation 
to my you know my forearm and my elbow or at least my, my arm, upper arm so that was a 90 degree angle all i was doing there was just holding it and resisting the weight from going up or down i was trying to keep it in a static um isometric kind of state i did that and held that for like 65 seconds straight um and i find whenever you limit the range of motion of something it tends to reduce the risk of injury or joint pain so you're not pushing in either extreme of the range of movement so for me it was a way to effectively still get some muscular tension in some time to tension some i don't know metabolic fatigue but reducing the injury and reducing chances that i'm going to get further joint pain um kind of my principles around this sort of workout i mean i was doing nine total sets um zero warm-ups and i don't do any warm-ups for any movements unless it's something which i'm doing which is a bit unsafe perhaps a compound movement um the reason i don't do that is because the warm-up is built into the movement itself so if anyone's seen any of my workout videos online where i've like posted a set or something you'll see i lift the weight very slowly from a to b and it is under full control it might take me depending on the exercise maybe four or five seconds on the concentric and four or five seconds on the eccentric sometimes even longer so i actually i actually build up um i don't know capacity intensity as a set goes on so the risk of injury goes up dramatically as you get close towards the end of the point of a set where you're you know you're shaking struggling to move but if that time under load or that mechanical tension is controlled and significantly long enough at least in the starting phase of movement i don't see personally a reason to warm up um, the only caveat to that would be say you train somewhere and you're in the middle of the snow and it's freezing cold then yeah have a little warm-up you know do some push-ups or something that will probably do the job um and with all this being said, the reason why I don't need to do warm-ups is because I'm very specific with my exercises. So I'm not choosing ones which are unsafe. I train alone a bit like Mark and like Colt for the most part. So I'm not picking, for example, a bench press which will squash me. So I'm pretty careful there. And it's just interesting to see we've all kind of got the same principles around training, but ultimately we have a different way of directing it. We have different kind of way to get to that max intensity, which I think seems to be the main thing when it comes to building uh, lean muscle mass. Couldn't have said it better myself. I just wanted to, just wanted to add on to that and wrap up and say, um, one size doesn't fit all. What work, what works for me may or may not work for you. Uh, J Jonathan and I, Mark, Mark, we we all we all have different styles of training. Just like just like you said, Mark. And th thanks thanks a lot for wrapping it up like that. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, that's it for this session, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure to let us know what you thought. You can do that directly from your podcast app or DM any of us on Instagram. You can also email your feedback, questions for us, and more specific topics you'd like us to teach on here. Make sure that you follow Jonathan. His Instagram is at composition underscore consultant. And on YouTube, just search composition consultant. He'll be the first one that comes up. Share this one with a friend if you found it helpful. And uh, we'll catch you next week on session number 19 of Carnivore Coaches Corner. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast too, because next up we have a surprise guest. And we'll be releasing our pull day special to complete the trilogy because we already did our leg day special. So after that, you'll know how we train every single muscle group coming into the gym. Catch you next week, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.